Blue Wire. The Denver Nuggets select Michael Porter Jr. But I'm going to make sure that this pick is this organization's best pick they've ever made. Forrest inside. Jokic, Hello and welcome in to a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride from Mile High Sports, your home for Colorado sports of all kinds. Of course, with everything going on in the world, there's not very many sports, but that's not going to stop us at Blue Wire. It's not going to stop us at Mile High Sports. There is going to be lots of stuff still coming. This is not the end of the road in terms of conversations to have about sports, so just so you guys know make sure that you still stay tuned to all of those blue wire podcasts that you follow from the lakers film room podcast to the chase down pod the light years pod to the uncontested pod that all of those different shows are all still in full effect so make sure you're paying attention to those as well as mile high sports where there will be still be coverage of the broncos of the rockies of the nuggets of the avalanche and everything in between i know it's crazy times but sports even though they're not being played live are not leaving your lives entirely so make sure you stick with blue wire podcast and Mile High Sports as we go forward. Uh, before we go any further, I need to give a shout out to Bet Online Terrapin Care Station. Both of them are the two sponsors of the show. They are staying strong throughout all of the chaos that the coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, this pandemic that is plaguing the world right now. Despite all of that, they are staying strong and supporting the show. And without them, we would not be here. So make sure you go to betonline.ag because even though you can't bet on sports right now, they have a virtual casino where you can play poker. You'll be hearing more about them coming up. And honestly, in Colorado, what is there better to do than get high and relax during your self-isolation from the coronavirus? If they're going to stop drug testing players, I have a very strong suspicion that most people in Colorado are not going to be drug tested by their place of work. So if you're looking to relax, Terrapin Care Station will be there for you, and I'll make sure to have words on, on them coming up later in the show. So, there's a lot we're going to get into. This might be kind of a long show. We'll see. I have absolutely no idea where I'm going to end up. Um, I want to talk about the coronavirus itself, COVID-19, what is going on with the league, where they're currently at, and how serious this really is by some of the stats and some of the impacts that it has made, not only on the NBA, not only on sports, but Denver as well as just the world as a whole. Everybody on this planet right now is dealing with the ramifications that come with coronavirus and a pandemic of this magnitude. So I want to get into all of that. In addition to that, though, I want to get into what we can expect, whether it's from media standpoint or Nuggets fans, how the playoffs could look, what kind of impact this could have on the pre-draft process and free agency, what kind of impact it could have on the Nuggets themselves if they do come back to play a season. I want to get into all of that. We'll get into how long it could potentially be until there is basketball play. We'll talk about what basketball played looks like at that point. We'll talk about the Nuggets' response and how they've been able to help the community throughout this process. And then, as always, 
There will be answers to questions from listeners who sent in questions from Instagram and Twitter alike over the past uh, 36 hours or so. Um, if you want an update on just what's going on with coronavirus and how it impacts the NBA as a whole, I actually wrote about it up on Mile High Sports. There is already an article up there, but I definitely want to get into it here as well. So COVID-19 or coronavirus, it is the same thing. It has impacted the NBA. Three players have tested positive. Unless you've been living under a rock for the past five days or whatever it has been, Rudy Gobert was the first NBA player to to be um, to just test positive for coronavirus. That does not mean he was the first to get it. That does not mean that everything that you know stems from him. We don't know how this has exactly spread. All we know is that this started with Rudy Gobert. The NBA as a whole, they were still trying to figure out new ways of going about about everything. Are they going to play without fans? Are they going to suspend games entirely? Are they going to keep with you know, what essential personnel is going to stay in the building? All of these questions didn't have answers, but as the Nuggets game was ending and as it was leading up to the Utah Jazz taking on the Thunder, it came to light that Rudy Gobert would be the first NBA player to test positive for coronavirus. Once that happened, obviously the league went into a suspension with what they are calling a 30-day hiatus. We'll We'll get more into the league itself and the impact that is going on later on in this, but all you got to know right now is that Rudy Gobert was the first one to get it. Donovan Mitchell also tested positive his teammate. We don't know if it was transmitted from Gobert to Mitchell or Mitchell to Gobert. All of that is kind of just irrelevant. All we know is that both of them have it. And then also Christian Wood, who played against Rudy Gobert days earlier of the, you know, Christian Wood of the Detroit Pistons, he also tested positive for coronavirus. So those are the three players right now. No one else has tested positive. We're waiting to see. Obviously, testing is not rampant in the United States right now for whatever reason that I can't wrap my head around. But as of right now, we don't know if any other players in the league have it. So once it came out that Rudy Gobert has it, they suspended league play, and then the next day it came out that there is a 30-day hiatus. Today, though, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN came out and reported that it's looking more like three months that we could be uh, without basketball. And in my opinion, it could be even longer than that. But again, we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's talk about the disease itself, well, the virus itself, coronavirus, COVID-19. Right now, the U.S. death toll is up to 85, as I believe, as of Tuesday morning at 1 a.m., uh, Monday night, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's more than 4,600 known cases, and the global deaths have now eclipsed 7,000 when they were just over 6,000 this morning when I was writing an article updating this, uh, up, you know, this story of coronavirus, taking out the end. NBA and everything that has led with it. Um, so right now, this is a real global pandemic that has been labeled a pandemic by the worldwide or by the World Health Organization. In addition to that, that number, that 4,600 known cases in the United States as of Monday afternoon, that number is a complete farce because there has been such difficulty to, to test anybody in the United States of America if they have it. Even when people have symptoms or show that they might have it. It has become borderline impossible for the regular individual to come across a test that is getting better. People are finding, you know, the you know the government is starting to work with people. We're getting tests in. China has donated a lot of tests themselves to us, so it does seem to be improving. But 
It is so far from where testing needs to be for people to fully understand where the United States is currently at. So right now, those are the numbers. That's where things are at. Um, You can look to Italy as well, where you have people dying by the hundreds every single day as a potential worst case scenario for what is happening right now, but not what could be the worst case scenario in the next month. So it's very uncertain it's very unstable no one really knows what to expect but what needs to be understood is the severity of what people are dealing with it is so severe that major league baseball the national football league the national hockey league march madness all international basketball leagues of all kinds ufc all of these different sport leagues have suspended entirely the las vegas strip is shut down broadway in new york is shut down bars all over the country including Denver are only allowed to serve takeout food now and people are not allowed to go to the bars there's a curfew in New Jersey that people cannot be out past 8 p.m. or from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. in addition to that the stock markets took their biggest ever point drop just under 3,000 today and the second biggest day was now on Thursday which held the record before so the stock market hit that is being taken despite the bailouts that have been provided to them have been extreme. And then to take things even further, the, a big chunk of the Bay Area around San Francisco is now being told to shelter indoors for three weeks. And this is a mandate. This is not a recommendation. This is not a strong encouragement. This is you must be inside 24 hours a day for the next three weeks. It's so bad that even Donald Trump, and I know that people, if you follow me on Twitter, know how I feel about Donald Trump, but Despite Donald Trump, who has called this a democratic hoax and nothing worse than the flu and all of these different things, when he spoke today, he outlined a list of things that Americans should follow as a guideline to help control and contain the spread of this pandemic. So here's the list that was released by the White House via Trump. It's, if someone in your house has tested positive, keep the entire household at home. Do not go to work or school. If you are an older person, stay home and away from other people. If you have a serious underlying health condition, stay home and away from others. Avoid discretionary travel, shopping trips, and social visits. Avoid eating and drinking in restaurants, bars, and food courts. Use drive throughs pickups, and delivery options. Do not visit nursing homes, retirement homes, or long-term care facilities unless you are there to provide critical assistance. Patients or practice good hygiene such as washing your hands especially after touching frequently used items or surfaces and avoid touching your face the reason that i'm explaining all these things and reading this list off is because i don't think people are fully grasping how important it is to take these precautions so that the rest of the world and the people around you are not more at risk for potentially developing or contracting this coronavirus that has been so debilitating to so many people We have to come together as a society to not spread this because it's not about you getting sick. It's about potentially you spreading it to other people who are susceptible to this illness that could get the brunt of it in a much more severe fashion than you could. I am a 27-year-old healthy male. Even if I got it, I would probably be just fine. But I have a grandmother who is not in a position to where she can deal with a 
illness of this magnitude. My brother, despite the fact that he's 25, is an asthmatic, and that's something that it makes him very susceptible to a respiratory illness like the coronavirus. He has two young kids. Who knows how they would take it and how their health would be able to manage it? These things are important, not just for your safety, but for the safety for everybody around you, family or strangers alike. We have to come together and start socially distancing yourself from others. Wash your hands regularly and not just real quick for a full 20 to 30 seconds. Listen listen to the World Health Organization and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Please, please, please just take care of one another and take care of yourselves. We're going to take a quick break and I'm going to come back on the other end and we're going to talk about how this could impact the Nuggets, how long it could be till there's basketball, how this could impact the NBA now and down the line and a bunch of other things. So stick around. With currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack. All of it is open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. So as you're socially isolating, as I am doing, you can still find a way to get your gambling fix, all from the safety of your apartment or home, on your computer. And this is the thing too: sports also aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts and esports are on the rise. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest if you wanted to go that far. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. So for me, when I start looking at this and how it could impact the league as a whole, I have to first look at how long all of this coronavirus fiasco and how everything associated with it will impact the game and how it leads to how long it could be gone. So again, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, owners seem to expect the best case scenario as a three-month hiatus, which is a mid-June start to the season again. So now, the, so if that, if let's just live in that nice hypothetical reality that somehow in three months basketball can be played again at that time do you then finish the season with whatever it is 30 games left or so or do you go straight to the playoffs that carries a lot of weight in terms of how you make that decision if you go straight to the playoffs you're suddenly able and in a position to be within arm's reach of what the schedule would have been to stick to the regular NBA schedule to then allow yourself to not shift free agency not shift the draft, not shift summer league, not try and, you know, get around the Olympics or not have stars representing the United States of America in the Olympics. That reality, though, seems extremely, if not entirely, far-fetched. And that's why, again, according to Adrian Wojnarowski's reporting today, owners do also fear that the season could be entirely done for. And that's a very fair fear because how can anybody quantify what is to come? How are we supposed to know how things are going to progress? Because again, we haven't done enough testing as a country. We don't know exactly how this disease 
spreads because how long does it stay on surfaces? How long does it stay as a droplet? Is this something that you can get through the air? Is this something that could potentially evolve? All these questions are being analyzed in real time. Nobody really knows where this ends up. So trying to figure out where the future of the league stands, it's it's a fool's errand. You're not going to be able to. And that's something that's extremely hard to deal with because basketball for so many of us, myself included, is a solace. It's a place to get away. It's something that we feel comfortable within. That's why NBA Twitter, I think, is such a real thing is that people love this community. They love the sport and they love being able to disappear within it. And now that we don't have it, fans and media and players and coaches and front office members alike Nobody knows what to do and everybody's uncertain. And because there's no answers as to how to fix these issues, everybody feels just a little bit hopeless. I think that's really the term that people are going to start falling back on is that they just don't know how to feel. There isn't a point of reference. There's no roadmap back. There's no checklist of things that we can do to be able to fit, you know, progress towards something. All we can do is self-isolate, contain this disease as much as we possibly can and hope that it doesn't get worse and worse and worse to where the the suspension, the postponement of the league doesn't last an incredibly long period of time. But that's a very difficult thing to do. I mean, we just have to kind of hope. They just kind of sit back and wait. And for so many people in basketball, that's not how they operate. And because of that, it's becoming very difficult for a lot of people, myself included, whether it's mental health or just being stuck inside and getting cabin fever that is driving people crazy. So it's been an absolutely fascinating five days as well as horrific, and it's only going to get worse before it gets better. So take care of one another. I've said that before already, but I've already tangented too much. I want to get back into the NBA part of it. So if let's just live in the world that the NBA season does come back, how is the NBA going to manage it? It seems very much so the case that there will not be fans or any non-essential personnel in attendance for those games at that time. There's no reason to. So in that event, there would be these cavernous, gigantic arenas that seat 20,000 people as a spectacle. That would be a very bizarre thing. And apparently, according to Woj, again, the NBA is looking at playing these games in G League facilities. They're looking at playing these games in practice facilities if they come back to avoid the cavernous arenas look is the way that Woj phrased it. And also it allows them to be more creative with how they film games and what other ideas they can use to proceed to be able to bring a great product. So that's very interesting. I don't know what it'll look like, but Right now, we don't know when the league will back. We don't know if there will be regular season games. If there are going to be, we won't know how many there are. We don't know if they'll try and shorten the playoffs to like a five-game series as opposed to a seven-game series to stay on path. We don't know if they'll just push everything back to where all of a sudden the season is ending in August or July. Who knows what is coming? So that's a very weird thing. And the repercussions, the ripple effect from whatever decision ends up being made, it could be massive. If the league decides to try and fit in as many regular season games as they can when the league opens back up again to be able to recuperate the money that they lost from not playing games right now. Then you're talking about pushing the draft from June all of a sudden into August or July somewhere at that point. Then you're talking about pushing free agency back to August. Then you start talking about, well, when is the NBA season supposed to begin? Is it going to be a Christmas start all of a sudden? Will they reschedule summer league? 
League, which has become such an important event for fringe NBA players and for filling out G League teams. In the NBA draft, how are you going to be able to evaluate talent if there's no combine, no pre-draft workouts, and potentially no interviews? Is medical information for these players going to be available? At the, In the same token, how are you going to know what you need as a team if the season was either canceled or you had a very bizarre stretch of games after this coronavirus break or whatever it is, this hiatus you want to call it? If you do end up pushing everything back, when does the new calendar year begin? What is the basketball-related income going to be, and how is that going to change the salary cap and the luxury tax? Will that change the way teams spend? Will that also change the way that teams approach the draft? Are head coaches and front office members in a better or worse position for job security? There are so many variables and things that are unable to be quantified at this time that could completely shift and alter the trajectory of the NBA as a whole. Hell, even looking at the Nuggets situation, they have already been losing massive ground in terms of how many fans in their local market they have been able to hold because they have not been on TV to 70% of the population because they don't have a deal with Comcast together. Now that games are not being played and they weren't even on TV before, if they come back and they're in the playoffs or the regular season and they're still not on TV and fans still can't go to games, how does that hurt the evaluation of the Nuggets franchise as a whole? There are so many layers to this and it's going to take not weeks, not months, but probably years to peel back every single layer and all of the impacts that could potentially be had from this singular event of the coronavirus pandemic. And I don't know how to quantify it. I don't have answers. I know it's weird just to ask questions repeatedly as if that does anything for anybody, but the reality is right now that there aren't answers. And as Zach Lowe and Howard Beck said on Zach Lowe's podcast, the NBA is not keeping their head above water, they're currently underwater, and they're trying to survive every single hour of the day to figure out what is next, as is the rest of the world. The guys over at DNVR, they just opened a bar, and all of a sudden, no groups of 10 or more people can be together, so the bar is closed indefinitely, just like every other bar in Colorado. On top, I mean, it's just the impact is so vast, and it's an, and until we just wait and see what happens, we're not going to know what happens happens or we're not going to know what is coming it's all unprecedented there's no roadmap to follow there's no precedent set we just have to wait and see and that's a very bizarre thing for a league like the nba that just feels like it was impervious to to anything like this happening it felt like no matter what basketball will be here and basket and the nba will be the nba and that's the end of it and it's very clear now that the world does not work that way, and sometimes things just stop dead in their tracks just like this. Um, I want to talk briefly about how the league handled all of this and the way things led up to the suspension of the league. Because In my opinion, the league does not deserve as much credit as they have been given. Uh, first and foremost, I know people were coming at me on Twitter because I had gotten upset about the media being taken out of locker rooms, and then I also followed that up by saying that media should not be at games. This was my thing about that. I think the league, by saying that, okay, we want to keep making money so fans can stay in attendance, but we're going to remove the 10 media members in the locker room, that seemed completely illogical to me, and it turned the media into pariahs. When 
you hear that in the news. Okay, media is no longer allowed in locker rooms. It makes it seem like the media are the ones infected and the ones that are at risk of spreading this disease, despite the fact that these players are playing in front of 20,000 screaming fans, some of which are courtside, which are closer than the six, than the six to eight feet that the media has to be away from individuals being interviewed. So that part seemed very strange to me, and I didn't understand the omission of media in, in, when you have courtside seat fans and all these things happening right there at the same time. So that felt bizarre, but again, it didn't last long because the league was suspended within 36 hours of of that decision being made and the way the league went about suspending the season in my opinion was very frustrating if you're going to be they they prioritize profit over the pandemic that's the reality of this it took all the way until one of their own tested positive for them to take the proper precautions to help the world prevent this pandemic from spreading as again howard beck said on the zach Lowe podcast they were reactive not proactive and they do not deserve credit for being a proactive um, entity in this situation for being reactive they don't golden state fought the city of san francisco to keep fans at their games and did not fold until the league itself suspended plays. The Wizards did the same. The Pepsi Center, the day after the NBA had canceled their or suspended their season, had a Post Malone concert at the Pepsi Center, which is still ran by the same people who run the Denver Nuggets. That is not exactly the correct decision. It's actually incomprehensible that you could make such an idiotic decision like that in light of the season already being suspended just hours earlier. I don't understand how those things came out. So to give the league this much credit as they have been given to me does not seem fair because they were not perfect throughout this and they allowed a lot of things to continue that could have potentially hurt the situation more so than the profit that they could have gained. Um, um, that being said, when they had to make the the right decision, they did, and they were able to immediately suspend the season. The first, I believe, it was the first major professional sports league to suspend the season. So good for them for making the decision when they had to. But I'm going to leave it there. Let's talk about the impact that this could have on the Nuggets as a whole, because this is very interesting. Um, let's talk about the positives first. The Nuggets, who are perpetually injured, might actually have a chance to get healthy if the season does come back around. Uh, Jamal Murray has been battling injuries basically his entire existence as a human being, so maybe if he comes back fully healthy, they could be getting a good Jamal Murray. Uh, Will Barton was playing an absurd amount of minutes when everybody was hurt, so letting him rest could be a good thing. Paul Millsap, as he continually gets up in age, could always use some rest, and now he is getting that, especially considering all the minor injuries that he has suddenly been dealing with over the past couple years. And also, Michael Porter Jr. was not 100% before, and that looks like maybe he could be. And everyone was upset about Michael Porter Jr.'s role before the season started, or before the season had ended, I should say. And maybe a big reason why he wasn't getting the minutes that many had hoped was because he wasn't 100%. So those all of those things could be good things. Also, Michael Malone has never had a solidified rotation with a healthy group of guys. Like I said, Michael Porter Jr. was still dealing with, an, with that ankle injury. Jamal Murray was not 100%. Gary Harris had just gotten back from injury. Will Barton was fighting through injury. Paul Millsap was fighting through injury. Now, maybe now that these trades are done, there's a break. Maybe Malone can bring everybody back healthy and have a solid 
solidified rotation. We'll have to wait and see with that. We've never seen it before, so I'm not getting my hopes up, but there is more reason to be hopeful about that than there was prior. Um, Also, the Nuggets coming out of this break, it's difficult to understand where this team will be at mentally and physically but the one thing I do have complete faith in is that Nikola Jokic will accidentally I mean he, he can accidentally play great basketball so I have no I have all the faith in the world that the Nuggets with a top 10 player and Nikola Jokic will be able to play winning basketball around him when they need it um, negatively though the Nuggets have not come out of breaks well the past few years I believe they were 5-5 five and five before games were suspended this season and they were 9-9 nine and nine, I believe last year coming out of the All-Star break also they will be rusty and then this stoppage this whole break all of a sudden if players do not stay as healthy and ready to to go and prepare for the season, there could be more injury concerns for an often injured Nuggets team. So we'll have to just wait and see. Those are just random impacts that came into my head as I was trying to figure out what to say for this podcast. But again, all of these things are wait and see scenarios. Uh, before we take a break, though, I want to give the Nuggets a lot of credit for how they went about the post suspension situation. The biggest concern a lot of times when people, uh, you know, an underlying concern that maybe doesn't get as much credit as it should is what happens to hourly workers when a lockout or something like this happens. And around the league, you've seen a surge of teams and mostly players, not teams, taking care of their hourly workers and paying them. The Nuggets are doing the same. Cronky Sports and Entertainment will be paying all of their event uh, event employees at all, from all of their locations around Denver. That's the Paramount Theater. That's Dick Sporting Goods Park. That's all of the uh, Avalanche and Nuggets workers and a few other places as well that I can't quite remember because they own half of Denver, it seems like. They also donated six pallets of perishable food to help with the strain on grocery stores and people who need food as opposed to letting it go bad. So... Good on the Nuggets for taking care of their people and helping the community as well when it's not required, but definitely was needed to happen. So good on them for that. We're going to take a quick break and then I will come back and we will answer some questions from listeners. And then I will also give you an idea of what you can expect content wise from me going forward. So stick around. We'll be back in a second. Before we go any further, I really feel like I have to tell you about Terrapin Care Station. They have been the longest standing supporter of this podcast. They have been with us all the way back to the Denver Nuggets daily days. So make sure you take some time to go check out Terrapin Care Station for all of your cannabis goods in the Denver metro area. They have multiple locations. They have parking. It's safe. It's discreet. It's quick. They have good deals. They have every kind of product you could imagine from edibles to concentrates to good old flour to all kinds of medicinal properties, whether it's tinctures or patches or anything for pain relief. So make sure you go to terrapincarestation.com to check out what they have and you go visit one of their multiple locations today in Denver. With this whole coronavirus thing taking over the world and really bringing everything to a halt, there are going to be a lot of people just trying to react, to relax and just get high in their apartment and, and try and get through this chaos. Terrapin Care Station is there for you for exactly that so make sure you go find your way to tear up and care station soon to be able to stock up before the coronavirus continually makes people more and more isolated so get in there get your weed make sure you're as comfortable as you can be throughout this crazy processes and support this show that's tear up and care station.com 
Okay. As you guys know, this is my favorite segment of the podcast, and that's answering questions from you guys, listeners of the show, Nuggets fans alike, or just assholes who like to throw in funny questions, which is always enjoyable because I myself am an asshole. So thank you guys for always interacting. Thank you for answer- for sending questions into those tweets. I put it up on Instagram this time, and you guys did not disappoint. So thank you, thank you, thank you. With that being said, though, I'm only answering three questions this time because I do want to give a little intro into what's going to be coming as well for the next month or two or three or six or whatever the hell it's going to end up being. So only three this time, but there will be more coming. I also answered a few other questions that were not these three questions in a mailbag um not episode, but a mailbag article on Mile High Sports that I will end up posting tomorrow at some point instead. So you'll see that up as well. But Daniel Cortez asks, if there was an XBA, like the XFL, and you were commissioner, what is one rule that you would implement? This is so tough because it's the one rule thing. I have like nine in my head, but I think the one thing I would do is I would extend the charge circle out so that you so that guys couldn't step in and take charges under the rim nearly as often. If that circle is expanded, suddenly guys can't just slide in from the dunker zone and get right in front of guys who are going to the rim because if you're in the restricted zone, then it doesn't count as a charge. So for me, that's the big thing that I would do. I would just completely take out, that would completely move out that that restricted zone that way you don't have players just diving in front of driving players and potentially leading to injuries because it drives me crazy also because i have to say it please for the love of god put free agent the beginning of free agency before the draft so players can start or so teams can start drafting based off of fit and not just upside we'd have so many less busts if teams were allowed to draft on fit after making free agency decisions because that would just make me so much happier so those are the two things for sure that I would want to do. Uh, Floater God on Twitter asks, how do you think the Nuggets will come out of the break compared to other teams? Do any teams have a distinct advantage? So in my opinion, any team with veteran superstars are at a clear advantage in this situation. So LeBron James and Anthony Davis is a clear advantage in my eyes. LeBron James has been there and done that with everything. He can turn it on quicker than anybody in basketball. When you have a partner like Anthony Davis in the pick and roll, it makes it a hell of a lot easier. The same can be said for Kawhi Leonard um, and the Los Angeles Clippers. When you're Kawhi Leonard and you've done this for as long, for as long, he's still like 25. But for, when you've been to so many finals and through so many playoff games and you've been a star as long as he has, you can turn that switch on. And we've seen Kawhi Leonard turn into the Terminator in the playoffs multiple times. And he has six foot eight Steph Curry flanking him, which definitely will help. So those kinds of players, Giannis in the exact same vein, I think those teams are going to be at a clear advantage in those circumstances. Whenever you just have one player you can rely on when you come out of the break like that, it's going to be huge, especially when you look at teams like Dallas or um, Memphis or Utah, where you don't know which players you can rely on on any given night. There are great players. Rudy Gobert is a a perennial defensive player of the year candidate for a reason. Donovan Mitchell is one of the better young guards in basketball for a reason, but you can't rely on them like superstars. So I would use those two guys in my eyes. Um, Also, the Nuggets have that Nikola Jokic, which is a big, 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 big deal. 
Andy Jewett asks, what are these players doing during quarantine? This is a great question. Um, a lot of them are playing a ton of NBA 2K and streaming it on Twitch. But also, one on players can come in to the facility and get one-on-one treatment and work in. They can. There's no team activities, nothing like that. But there is... Um, it is allowed to have one-on-one treatment and work that guys can put in, which is something that I'm sure guys are taking care of. So yeah, those are the three questions. Thank you for sending those in. Make sure you go look for that tweet whenever I'm about to do a podcast. I will ask her some questions. That way I can answer them in the way that I just did. So to give you guys an example or give you guys an idea of what is coming, I know there's going to be no basketball, but I don't know how to operate without basketball, so I'm going to pretend there's going to be basketball. So you're going to see player or you're going to see playoff previews come from me for teams like Utah and Oklahoma City and Houston and all the teams that the Nuggets could potentially be matched up with in a playoff setting. You'll see articles from me and you'll also see podcasts with guests that are that you you know, are as you know, losing their minds as much as me and want to come on and talk about some basketball. So that'll be coming out. Um, I'm also going to empty out the recorder and do a bunch of stories from whatever audio I have left over. I'll have a Bull Bull story coming out, a couple Gary Harris pieces. I want to do some film studies on Michael Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic and things like that. So the content is not stopping. There's going to be stuff coming. I know it's been like five days and there hasn't been very much, but I needed to realign and brainstorm some ways to do this because, again, this is entirely uncharted territory here. So if anybody has any funny ideas you want to send my way, my email is in my bio on Twitter. You can also DM me on Twitter at TJ McBride MBA. You can just reply to my tweets with cool ideas. You can reach out to me on Instagram, whatever it may be. But thank you guys for sticking around. Thank you for being a part of this show i know it's been a crazy year i know it's been a crazier month but we're gonna get through it take care of one another take care of yourselves work on that social distancing don't get anybody else sick wash your damn hands and i will talk to you guys later have a good one